What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to NFL Live, presented by Wingstop. Look at Vegas. Monday Night Football coming your way from Sin City. The Raiders, by the way, two-point favorites at home. Look at the Bellagio Fountains. Dan, I heard you swam in that one time. Maybe not? Twice. Okay. Sorry, I missed that. Uh, The Raiders are the favorites at home. Both teams looking for a launching point for the rest of the season. Can that happen right there at Legion in Vegas tonight? We'll find out as we welcome you into the show. Glad you're with us here on this Monday. It's really cold in here. That's why Dan and I are both like, Uh, That's Dan. (laughs) Marcus and RC are joining us from Vegas. Of course, they're out there ahead of Monday Night Countdown. They'll be with you around 6 p.m. Eastern. Tons to get to, guys. Let's start with the Cowboys and 49ers. I don't know what's happening there other than the Macarena and maybe some handshake. Uh, let's do this, though. As we go back to Sunday Night Football, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys taking on San Francisco. We're going to open it with the opening drive for the Niners. First and 10 for the Dallas 19 and Purdy finding Kittle there in the end zone. What stands out to me, Micah Parsons not on the field. Kyle Shanahan throws the football. Great climb of the pocket by Brock Purdy. Early in the second, 7-0 Niners and at first and 10 for the Cowboys, 38. Double reverse. What are we doing? Stolen from the Detroit Lions earlier in the day. They hand it to McCaffrey, flip it to Debo Samuel. Back to Brock Purdy, and then a touchdown to an uncovered George Kittle. Yeah, the Niners lead 14 to nothing. The, the Lions actually tweeted out, they're like, oh, it looks familiar. <laughs> Why not? Imitation, stuff. the sincerest form of flattery. 49ers ball here in the third quarter, third and second from the Dallas 10, and Purdy to the end zone. Kittle again, Dan. I, I like usually he goes to the back pylon in that action. This time he nods there and goes to the post. The Niners lead 28 to 10, ensuing Cowboys drive. First and 10 from their own 37, and Prescott not able to get it done. Intercepted. He has three interceptions on the day. Here's more from the Cowboys side of things. He was really good. Uh, everybody was pretty good, um, but um, thought he missed one throw throughout the day. Um, from what it seems like, just a little behind BA in the first quarter on one, and everything else seemed pretty flawless. Didn't see it coming, as you said. Put everything into this, and uh, got punched in the mouth. Um, Called a couple of weeks ago, humbling against Arizona. Uh, but this may be the most humbling game I've ever been a part of. Goodness, the 49ers, the only team that the Cowboys have played this season that is in first place in their division. Dak struggled, which has been a trend for him against these good teams. He's now 8-13 and 13 in his career against teams in first place in their division, compared to 56-25 and 25 against everyone else. The Cowboys have averaged almost seven points fewer per game against those first place teams. Dan, we talked about it even in the lead up to the game, how this meant a lot to them. Of course, they think about the 49ers when it comes to being out of the playoffs and all that jazz. Yeah. But what did you see from the Cowboys collectively as a team in this one? They were unprepared for sure. I actually, like, I think the, the focus for me, Laura, is San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. Brock Purdy's made him a greater coach. Hmm. And this one sequence tells me everything. It's third and four. There's an 11 point lead. He's going to throw this corner route to Brandon Ayuk. It is a beautiful throw into tight coverage. But there's a penalty. And so you sit there and go, now it goes from 3rd and 4 to 3rd and 14 because of the holding. Kyle Shanahan, so often with other quarterbacks, throws a screen here. Not with Brock Purdy. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and he floats that in route versus zone coverage over 3 or 4 defenders perfectly in stride to Debo Samuel. And in that moment, I was like, Kyle Shanahan is unwavering confidence, trust, belief that Brock Purdy is going to make the right throw and make the throw that is going to be needed in that moment. He doesn't call those plays 
for guys like a Jimmy Garoppolo of the yeah. past. But because Brock Purdy is who he is, I actually think he's unlocked a version of Kyle Shanahan and has made this offense even better than it has been under Kyle. Wow. Real. Right now, Brock Purdy is playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL. And no, I'm not saying that you take him over Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, those sorts of guys with that elite talent. But in this system, under Kyle Shanahan, he's the perfect quarterback. And they started to reach, right? They looked for Trey Lance. They wanted someone that reminded them of Jimmy Garoppolo. And sometimes the football gods save you from yourselves. <laughs> if you're watching that game last night, you say Brock Purdy is better than Dak Prescott. Not only did he outplay Dak Prescott last night, but going forward in the future, you want Brock Purdy on your team in that system more than you want Dak Prescott. It was an yeah. absolute mismatch at the quarterback position. The anticipation in which he throws, how quickly he processes, it, it reminds you of Tua Tungavaloa, and he's never shaken. Brock Purdy stepping outside of the pocket, rolling to his right, and quickly hitting George Kittle in the first uh, on the first touchdown was all I needed to see. And then Dak Prescott struggling to respond, looking at the other sideline and being, I'm not better than that dude. Oh, and please don't get me started. When we talk about the creativity, the schematic genius of Kyle Shanahan, it was no more prevalent than last night when he made Mike McCarthy look like a football dwarf in comparison to him. Uh, that's the truth, RC. And what we, what we saw San Francisco do was not anything new. Right. Like we've been talking about this team and Kyle Shanahan and lamenting about how well he calls offensive plays, how this team makes you cover every blade of grass. My issue last night was that the confidence in Dak Prescott is being lost by this team and by his coaches. It's third and four. You're playing against the San Francisco 49ers down two touchdowns and your third and four call is this. And then the most important thing is look at your number one receiver after this mm. play. And I don't understand for the life of me how you think that you can compete. Maybe you aren't as good as the Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe you aren't as good as the San Francisco 49ers. But a quarterback in year eight that you have to play around, you have way more issues than just being able to line up and play football. And that's what it looked like. That. Is there a feeling of confidence in Dak Prescott even in the city anymore? Not in these situations. See, here's the problem, and we talked about this a little bit. You run into this situation where we showed the graphic of being 8-13 and 13 in important games and 56-25 and 25 in the ones that don't matter. The 56-25 and 25 can skew what you think about a quarterback because we've seen Dak have successful games. I said it at the beginning of the season. This season is about moments for Dak Prescott. It's not about having a conversation of who he is as a quarterback. 0-1 in the Arizona moment when he threw an interception, and now you get your big chance against a really good defense, and you shrink again. This is who he is based on his resume in the NFL right now. Yeah, Marcus, you showed the body language clip from CeeDee Lamb. That wasn't the only one. That, that mm -hmm. wasn't the only clip that looked like that after the yeah, play. It was a and I'd say this about Cowboys offense last night. There's either winning offensively because of execution or winning offensively because of creativity. The Cowboys think they can just line up and out-execute people. That's not who they are. They better get more creative if they're going to try to score consistently against very good defenses. Prescott now has 19 interceptions, guys, in the last two seasons. That's tied with Josh Allen for the most in the NFL. More on the Cowboys throughout the week, but let's get to the Ravens and the Steelers. John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin, they're facing each other for the 34th time. That hug's been 
something that's happened a few times, okay? Uh, pick this one up in the fourth quarter. Score is 10-3. Ravens punting from their own 14, and it's blocked. Rodney Williams diving on the ball in the end zone. It's ruled a safety, so the Steelers trailing 10-5 there. And now, five minutes, 48 left, and the Steelers trailing 10-8. Ravens punting from their own 33, and then Gunnar Osleski on the return. The ball's knocked loose. Stephon Seymour uh, returns it, bringing it all the way inside the Steelers' 10. It was kind of a weird game, Dan. This was the only good things that were kind of happening for both offenses. The Ravens was a drop best, and the Steelers couldn't do anything, so the special teams matters. Then third and goal, you got a guaranteed three points on the board if you're Baltimore. Ooh. And inexplicably, the interception gets thrown by Lamar, an incredible play by Joey Porter Jr. Yeah, it runs in the family there. Ensuing drive for Pittsburgh, second and nine, Ravens 41-yard line. Kenny Pickett finding the wide open. George Pickens, he takes it all the way for the touchdown. Steelers come up with a huge victory, 17-10. to Let's hear from them. Have a team this is, team that we have, and uh, you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, kind of reminisce in the past and, and be sad about that. You're not on the right team because this team is dangerous. We're good, very good. We don't expect our guys to drop passes. You know, um, it happens in NFL football. Um, just happened at the wrong time, but we're gonna get, we're gonna get better. We're gonna go to Patterson, we're gonna go to work. I mean, I tend to agree with Mark Andrews there. The Steelers ran man defense on 60% of Jackson's dropbacks on Sunday. Lamar posted a QBR of 12. That continues a trend for Lamar. He's been much worse against man defense so far this season, posting a total QBR of just 32, which ranks 29th in the NFL. His 72 QBR versus zone ranks sixth best in the NFL. I know matchups matter here, but it's like, why would you ever uh, play zone against him? Okay, RC, was this more about great Steelers oh, defense? I got a question. I got a question. What? I got a question, Boogie. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you, Dan, or RC knows this. Does the QBR factor in the drops? Oh, I don't know. No, the QBR, the QBR. The QBR no, okay. I don't. I don't believe so, Marcus. I believe it's just completions, incompletions, sacks, that stuff. Um, okay. They had eight of them yesterday, so that, do, an, that doesn't factor it in. I don't believe so, Marcus. To your point, it's an imperfect sorry, stat go. at times it, because it doesn't okay. tell the whole story, which okay. Okay. we'll try to tell it here. But <laughs> okay. RC, you think this is more about great Steelers defense or bad Ravens offense? It's definitely not great Steelers defense, right? Great Steelers defenses suffocate people, right? They make it hard to breathe when you walk into the stadium. But if you do look at the drops, like it wasn't great Steelers defense when Nelson Aguilar beats Chandon Sullivan for the second time in three plays and he drops a for sure touchdown. Yeah. Or when Rashad Bateman drops a touchdown in the corner of the end zone. But then you look at some of the other plays that we saw throughout the game, and this was after the drops, whether it's Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews getting in front of Zay Flowers in the end zone, drops down the football field. The Pittsburgh Steelers made the plays when they needed to. Game set up how game set up. And you get the opportunities that you get. And so yeah. when Lamar Jackson has to drop back and pass, and we know that we can unleash, unleash Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt, they have to go make that play. When Joey Porter Jr. is locked up against Odell Beckham Jr., who I'm sure he was looking up to, up to as he yeah. was coming up <laughs> in high school, getting an opportunity to play at Penn State, and you leave that football inside, he has to make the interception. And I'm going to say this, too. I love the fact that George Pickens had an opportunity one-on-one -on -one with Marlon Humphrey, and Kenny Pickens went to him. He was able to do that because of the drops, the defense held enough, and then they made the one play they needed to make offensively. Yeah, let me make this statement, and, and people, please have some, some uh, complexity to your thought. Lamar Jackson got to stop turning the football over. Yes. That's number one, right? Like, And it's not just about 
the fade route that was a turnover. The other thing is, when you look at the drops in this game, we're not talking about just drops on a dump down or Ooh. drops on. We talk about explosive plays. And it started. It started <laughs> drive one. Drive one. Flowers right? in the middle of the field. Exactly. So, so it's 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 also you have to contextualize what those drops meant at those times. Like a a, a drop on first and ten that would have been a four yard gain. Maybe you can get over that. You can't get over a drop touchdown, two of them. You can't get over a drop in the middle of the field for a 20-yard chunk. Those are the things that you talk about. But beyond that, when you get into the red area, because unbeknownst to everybody, it seems like when you say something bad about Lamar Jackson, they think it's an indictment on his career. Nah. You still have an opportunity to win that football game. You just laid. You just RC. That's, that's how he scored against Cleveland twice. Don't, don't throw a fade for an interception. You probably still win the game. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, I, I want to kind of talk about that interception, that goal line fade, because we know a lot of us don't love the goal line fade. So <laughs> a couple things that I don't like about Nino it in this situation. Nino. I don't like the goal line fade from the shotgun, okay? So you see Lamar's in the shotgun. Now, why don't I like it from the shotgun with a normal split? If Odell's down closer, different conversation. I don't like it because the timing of it happens so much faster for a quarterback than really should be allowed. So this is why. When you're in the gun, okay, I want everyone to look. Odell is lined up on the line of scrimmage at the five-yard line, okay? Five-yard line style only as a quarterback has 15 yards to throw. And when you're playing in the shotgun, you have to catch and throw this football because of that small space. Now, look at this. Lamar is making that decision to throw the football, okay? I told you that the ball got snapped at the five-yard line. Where's Odell Beckham? He's still standing on the five-yard line. Five so, Lamar line. is make, making that decision of what kind of throw I have to make in that moment. Odell's not even off the line of scrimmage because there's really one of two ways quarterbacks and receivers handle this goal line fade. One is no matter what, we're throwing it to the back pylon. The quarterback gets taught, hey, we are throwing this to the back pylon. Wide receiver, it is your job to get there. Or number two, we gauge the type of release we're getting per that corner. Sometimes it's the back pylon. Sometimes it's that back shoulder. Because what you would love for it to happen here is as Lamar is cutting that ball loose, you see how Joey Porter Jr.'s one stabbing with that outside left hand. And two, he's on top of Odell. See how he's closer to the end zone than Odell? This really would tell the quarterback if you had another fragment of a second, throw the back shoulder. Because Odell never gets on top. And Lamar is really throwing that football like Odell's going to get on top, but he never does. Look, the ball is already on its way. And that's why I don't love it. Now it's a poor throw, but I think it's more of a poor throw because of it happens so quickly and the quarterback doesn't have enough time to actually gauge it. That's why with that traditional normal split, you would love either Lamar to be underneath the center or to cut Odell's split down a little bit because if Odell's split is cut down a little bit, you give more space for the automatic back shoulder. And that's what tells the quarterback you can lean towards that throw rather than kind of floating it out there. I did not love the fact that they were in that gun. Yeah, we got to go, though, Swagger. We'll get back so to Dio, it. So, Dio, oh, go ahead. All right, all right, go ahead, go ahead. Well, now I'm kind of curious. Say it, Marcus. <laughs> I want to know what it was. <laughs> I just wanted to know, like, based on what Dan just said, should they have worked the wide side of the field? No, if I don't. You don't have that space. I, I don't like that. I don't dislike the matchup. You know, it's third and goal, and you got Joey Porter Jr. versus okay. Odell. I just think you either have to teach a better timing situation, like Lamar's got to hold it for just a second longer, or you put him under center, and then he's got the opportunity to catch, catch, gather, see what it's like, and float it out there. 
You know what? Um, I can't be trusted gotcha. to host this show because I'm too much of a fan like the rest of you at home, and I'm too curious when these guys <laughs> get going on ball. All right, time for some top stories as we welcome in Adam Schefter. Adam, let's start with the latest on Anthony Richardson. What do we know there? Well, Laura, he has a sprained AC joint in his shoulder. The Colts still are getting more information about that injury and how long it might sideline him. But for now, the Colts head coach Shane Steichen does not expect Anthony Richardson to play at least Sunday. And so Gardner Minshew will step in and then they'll determine how long Anthony Richardson will be out. Obviously, injury reserve could come into play. If he's placed on injury reserve, that would be a month-long injury. But again, right now, they're trying to get more information about that sprained AC joint in his shoulder. As for the Giants quarterback, Daniel Jones, who left yesterday's game with a neck injury, it is said to be a stinger. He is said to be day-to-day, and the Giants are optimistic that he should be able to play Sunday night against the Buffalo Bills. Keep in mind, this team already has been without Saquon Barkley, Andrew Thomas, some key players. But it looks like right now, Daniel Jones might not miss any time. Justin Jefferson, however, might miss time. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. He's going for tests. Obviously, as other doctors evaluating the injury right now, and the Vikings say they want to protect Justin Jefferson from himself right now. So certainly not on track to play this week. We'll see how much time Justin Jefferson might miss due to that particular injury. And a couple of other notable injuries. The Dolphins running back Devon Achan is being evaluated for a knee injury that they're trying to get more information on. A little problematic to Miami. And the Jets offensive lineman Elijah Vera Tucker, their best offensive lineman, out for the year due to a torn Achilles. Again, suffered a season-ending injury in Denver just as he did last year, Laura. Uh, You hate to hear that one, Adam. Uh, You hate to hear all of the injury reports. You've actually got more coming later in the show, though, so everyone needs to stay tuned for that. We're just getting started here on NFL Live. Guys, last week, Jamar Chase said, I'm always open. There was another word in there, too. He proved it by putting on a show against the Cardinals. So does this mean the Bengals' offensive woes are finally over? We'll find out. Plus, Nathaniel Hackett and the Jets got the best of the Broncos' defense yesterday. Dan will talk about what made New York's offense so successful. I promise you don't want to miss it. NFL Live is presented by Wingstop. Bring the flavor. More after this break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Each week, NFL Live helps the NFL shine a spotlight on the high school coach of the week. And this week, we honor Coach Keith Jones of Bonanza High School in Las Vegas. He led his squad to their first win of the season, defeating Cheyenne High School 36 to nothing. Prior to tonight's game, his football team was invited to Raiders headquarters, where they were surprised with an $11,000 donation from the Raiders Foundation. We'd love to see it. Our Week 5 Monday Night Football matchup features Jordan Love and the Packers squaring off against Devontae Adams and the Raiders in Vegas. 8 Eastern on ABC. ESPN and ESPN Deportes. Peyton and Eli once again on ESPN2. And Lisa Salters will be on the call with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman tonight. Lisa, you know Raiders receiver Devontae Adams circled this game in red ink as soon as the schedule came out. A chance for him to face his former team for the first time after he spent his first eight seasons as a Packer. But Adams has a shoulder injury and managed only one limited practice session all week. Leading up to tonight, will he be out there? Yeah, Laura, well, despite not practicing Thursday and Friday this week, Devontae Adams will be on the field tonight to take on his old team for the first time since being traded from the Packers to the Raiders prior to last season. Now, Adams suffered an AC sprain in his right shoulder last Sunday against the Chargers when he landed on it after a hit, and he spent all week on the injury report as questionable. Adams told me Saturday that he was still working to get the shoulder right, but was confident that with the extra day this week, his shoulder mobility would improve and that he'd be ready to go tonight. As for going up against the Packers, the team that drafted him in 2014, Adams said he prides himself on trying to bring the same intentionality no matter the opponent, but he did acknowledge, yeah, tonight is going to hit a little differently. It's just another matchup, he said, but it's cool to be able to go up against my old team. He said the team that I grew up in. We love it. We can't wait to see Devontae out there. Thanks for the latest news, Lisa, and we will see you on Monday Night Football. Let's read and react here on NFL Live. The Eagles went to 5-0 and yesterday with a win over the Rams. Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown lighting it up again, okay, after Brown and Hurts had that heated exchange, remember, during their Week 2 game against the Vikings. Brown has 433 receiving yards in his last three games. The only player with more in a three-game span in Eagles history is Bud Grant back in 1952. Apparently, there was something good about that heated exchange. Marcus, what did you see from the Eagles' offense? Well, it's amazing when you get your number one receiver involved in a football game. It translates to wins. What I saw was Jalen Hurst and A.J. Brown get on the same page. And there were moments where we remembered this Eagles offense for what they truly are. And we think that they can step up and be this consistently. But A.J. worked the middle of the field, obviously worked the outside. And when he found man-to-man watch-ups, Jalen had enough confidence in him to know that he would win. This is what you do in order to try to get back to a Super Bowl and win championships. Another quarterback-wide receiver duo that got back on track in the Bengals' win over the Cardinals. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase were clicking. Chase, just the fifth player ever with 15 catches and three receiving touchdowns in a game and the first since Tyler Lockett in 2020, which also came against the Cardinals. Uh, Jerry Rice, Jimmy Smith, and Steve Largen are the only (laughs) other players to do that ever. RC, are the Bengals back or what? Listen, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are back. Jamar told y'all last week he's open like slot machines in the Spearmint Rhino in Las <laughs> Vegas. And then we saw Joe Burrow start to get outside the pocket. His calf seemingly healthy. He's scrambling for first down, moving the pocket and pushing the football down the field. And everybody should take a note from Matthew Stafford. If your dude is good, throw it to him 20 times a game and good things happen. Y'all better not be at the Spearmint Rhino. I don't want to hear about that, okay? You too. We're going to report back. 
All right, uh, in New England, <laughs> nothing was clicking for Mac Jones as they got shut out by the Saints. Here's Bill Belichick on the quarterback situation. Just plain and simply, we got to find a way to you know, play and coach better than that. And so that's what we're going to do. Start all over and um, get back on a better track than we're on right now. Bill we went into the decision to sit down Mac during the later stages of the game. Nothing in the third quarter. So. Is he still your quarterback going forward? Yeah, there was a lot of problems. It certainly wasn't all of them. Dan, what's going wrong for Mac? You heard Bill's words right there. There's a lot of problems. Mac Jones right now is in a place where they cannot protect. No one gets open. Every throw has to be perfect. And no one has made a single play on a football down the field. It's a bad football team. And the years, not year or two, years of poorly drafting on the offensive side of the football has caught up to New England. Mac Jones is the least of the issues that are going on Oof. in New England. He's got to handle his own business, but it's a bad offense around him right now. Um, just stay tuned throughout the week because there's going to be more on the Patriots coming if you're looking for that. Up next on NFL Live, the Jags came up with a big win on Sunday in London as they slow down the red-hot Bills. Lots of injuries on that Bills squad, but RC is going to tell us what went wrong for Buffalo's offense. That's next on NFL Live. You're watching NFL Live, presented by Wingstop. Look at those slots. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. NFL Live is brought to you by Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Okay, this had to be really validating for Nathaniel Hackett. After Sean Payton called his coaching job in Denver one of the worst ever, he went ahead and led his Jets offense without Aaron Rodgers, by the way, to a win over the Broncos yesterday. It seemed like the Jets were all well aware of the revenge factor at play. And here's Robert Sala rewarding the OC after the win. Yes! It's an honor to be with you guys. Okay. Watching that defense go out there, sack him, get turnovers. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. Sack him? He's talking about Russell Wilson. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, okay, Dan, what did you like from the Jets' offense on Sunday? Yeah, the way they used motion in their run game. And that's kind of been the change that we've seen ever really since the injury to Aaron Rodgers. This is early in the first half, split flow, meaning they run zone concept, but they're bringing somebody else from the other side of the ball to cut the line of scrimmage. What that does is create really good angles and leverage. 
Again, the tight end cuts the back side of the line, and then you can climb up, and you've got great leverage when it comes to being able to run the football. Then they come out in the second half, and they run counter with it. Motion, they pull that outside defender, they double team to the backside backer, pull the backside guard, fullback leads through. You've displaced so many people because of that motion, and you went from that split zone flow to that gap scheme thing, and it hits off the backside for Brees Hall. And the way in the last two weeks they have used motion in their run game 38 times. In that span, they're averaging 7.6 yards per carry when doing so. Mm. They're a top five offense run game-wise when they use motion. It's something that needs to become their identity going forward. Yeah, uh, one thing to note, we did hear Adam say this earlier, but Robert Sal announcing that offensive lineman Elijah Vera Tucker tore his Achilles tendon out for the that season. That is brutal news. Stinks. Uh, happened to him last year, too, or another injury season ending happened to him last year. Let's go to London. Dan, I feel like we never left. Bills and Jags, okay? First quarter is where we're going to pick it up in London town. It's seven minutes and 52 seconds to go third and six. And Matt Milano the linebacker. We're going to get an update on him in just a little bit, but Trevor Lawrence, the incomplete pass, and Milano injured on the play. Absolutely hate seeing it. Just one of the best players in the NFL. Hate seeing it. Yeah, really brutal. Uh, that was a sign of more things to come. Josh Allen here, though, 15-yard touchdown to Stephon Diggs. He's a great job of winning at the line of scrimmage by Stephon Diggs. Incredible celebration, and then the BB by Josh Allen. Ronaldo shout-out. Uh, fourth quarter, three minutes and four seconds, second and eight. Travis Etienne scoring on the 35-yard touchdown. It's 25-13 Jags. And now 25-20 Jags with the lead. Josh Allen throwing to Stephon Diggs. Attempting the lateral after the catch and the fumble there. The Jags recover it and they win 25 to 20 in London. Nice streak for them there in London. And it's been fun to see Trevor Lawrence and this team get going. What did you see from Trevor, Dan? Execution under pressure. One of the best games I've seen Trevor Lawrence play as a pro. It was third down and just dealing with the rush because it was coming from Buffalo's defense. So if you watch some of the ball placement throws, you get motion down, right? And you got all these guys at the line scrimmage. Right now, everything says it's man coverage to the quarterback. You got the slot eye to eye versus that receiver. But they're going to spin from man to cover two. You've got an out route to the field. This ball's on the right hash in a corner route. One, two, three. He sees that that corner's bailing. You're trying to go low to high. Beautiful throw by Trevor Lawrence on third down to that little hole, Christian Kirk. Now you've got a six-man presentation by the defense. He's got to see the rotation, a deep stop route. This is third and seven to Calvin Ridley at the bottom of the screen. Here comes a Mike linebacker pressure, nickel pressure. Trevor drift just a half of a step to beat that blitzer, what we call warm, not being hot. Drift and ball out now. Beautiful, bring him back to the sideline by Trevor Lawrence. And then I think this might be the best throw I've ever seen Trevor Lawrence make as a pro. You've got Calvin Ridley in the slot. You're going to get all-out pressure, meaning six guys up at the line of scrimmage, and you only have five in protection. You've got Calvin Ridley on the inside slot fade. You've got to beat that defender coming off the edge. Ball comes out, and then you drift or fade him to the sideline to basically seal the win. Trevor Lawrence, the best game I've ever seen him play as a pro, and it was because how he handled that third down situations and the pressure. Yeah, great defense on that last play. Um, here's man. Listen, we talk about these quarterbacks, and we understand how phenomenal they were, especially in critical downs for Trevor Lawrence. But Travis Etienne, to me, is the linchpin for this offense when you start talking about them being crazy explosive, getting those matchups on the outside, also being involved in the run game. This was a 26-carry, 136, and two touchdowns. Yeah. He averaged about five a clip. 
and in order, I think this is the only way. When you look at the Buffalo Bills defense, I think this is the only way you can operate and have some pace and consistency to your offense. If you get into a drop back game against the Buffalo Bills, it's it's a nightmare trying to get not only the coverages that they present, the guys on the back end, obviously with Tredavious White going out, that gets a little bit easier, but their ability to get after the passer as well. I thought he kept this game fully in Jacksonville's hands by what he was doing out of the backfield in this offensive line. I mean, you mentioned Tredavious White being out. Like, there's a reason certain people are all pros and pro Absolutely. bowlers, and it's because of the level of play and the level of consistency. And so when you, you, when you lose him, it's like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air once they lost the first on Viv. It was really never the same. <laughs> right? And so Calvin Ridley starts to go off early on in this game. He's beating Kyrie Elam. He's on the other side working Dane Jackson as well. And so now the run game becomes a part of it because you have to commit people to the box or you need to play too high and it puts guys like Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde in very difficult situations and if not for the two sack caused fumbles that stopped Jacksonville drives in the red zone this would have been a blowout and so the Buffalo Bills have to figure out how they're going to play defense as they continue to lose people and I think Matt Milano going out yeah. is a very huge loss for them as well Absolutely. it's going to put a lot on the shoulders of Josh Allen and that offense still a yeah. good show it was still a good show though you thought so? It was still a good show. Big fan? What it ever, yeah. Was it ever the same? So you don't remember when Aunt Viv went to the ballet class and really killed them and she dang near passed out when she went outside. Man, <laughs> please. Light-skinned Aunt Viv could never. <laughs> okay, never. Let's, get, let's get Adam in here never. for some more top stories. And let's stay on the Bills, Adam. We were talking about Matt Milano and just <laughs> everything that this Bills defense went through yesterday. What's the latest on Milano? Yeah, RC, big homie. They both said it would be a significant loss if they lost Matt Milano. Well, they're going to. He's having leg surgery. He's going to be out indefinitely if he plays again this season, as is da Daquan Jones, their defensive lineman, also having surgery on his torn pec. So the Bills lose two defenders a week after they lose Tredavious White. That's three defensive players down. Matt Milano is a devastating loss for this defense. During Sunday's Vikings game, Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey went down. Non-contact injury was an ankle injury when hobbling to the locker room. A lot of people concerned. It turned out he was able to come back and play despite the ankle injury he sustained. The Chiefs estimated that he would not have practiced today. If they did practice, they played Thursday night. We'll see if Kelsey can get through that. And the Lions cornerback, Emmanuel Mosley, who tore his ACL in week five last year, tore his other ACL in week five this year in his first game back from the rehab that he underwent last year. A brutal injury for a really good young player. You hate to see something like that happen. Somebody worked so hard to come back only to tear his other ACL at the same time he did a year ago, Laura. Uh, that's just a gut punch for lack of a better way to put it. Thanks to Adam. More to come on tonight as well. And let's get to that. The Packers face the Raiders on Monday Night Football with Jimmy G back in the lineup. Can Vegas pull off the upset? Stay tuned to hear our game pick. See if anyone's going Vegas or if people are on the Packers. That's coming up next. We'll be right back. More NFL Live after this break. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to NFL Live presented by Wingstop. Hey, in just over an hour, RC, Marcus, RG3, Larry Fitzgerald will get you set for Packers Raiders with a two-hour Monday Night Countdown pregame show. It all starts at 6 Eastern on ESPN and the app. Marcus, let's get going here with the DraftKings Sportsbook Same Game Parlay. We're going to start with Jordan Love for tonight. Over under 234 and a half pass yards. Yeah, I'm going over. They playing the Raiders. What's the next one, Boogie? Okay, let's keep on going. Jimmy Garoppolo over under 241 and a half pass yards. I'm going to go under, and I'm going to answer this on a serious note. I think Josh Jacob needs to be a lot more involved in this offense. I think they need to lean into him. We saw what the Detroit Lions were able to do to the Green Bay Packers in the run game. The Vegas Raiders should try to implement that today. All right, Devontae Adams facing his former Packers team. Over or under 84 and a half receiving yards? I'm going over because it's Devontae Adams. I know he's dealing with the AC sprain. But in order for this offense to generate some explosive, it's got to be their explosive wide receiver that they paid the money to. So I'm going over for Devontae. Uh, speaking of explosive, it's lit in there. What are we doing, Swagoo? It is loud up in here. It's hey, loud. I almost start dancing. That's what we have to look forward to on Monday Night Football. Let's go to the Texans and Falcons on Sunday. C.J. Stroud, Rookie of the Month in September. Man, he's been good. Early fourth quarter, Falcons trailing 12-7. to Desmond Ritter flipping it to Bijan. Unbelievable by Bijan Robinson in this game. He catches the ball one-handed behind his back, pins it to his back, makes a guy miss at the same time and scores. Check out the overhead look on Twitter. Under two minutes, 18 to 12, Texans trailing. Texans with a third and nine at the Falcons 18, and Stroud, a rocket fire there to Delton Schultz. Yeah, they make Jesse Bates the all-pro safety. His aggression against them, they double move him, touchdown. Here's Ritter connecting with Drake London. We love to see that, Dan. Great job of floating <laughs> it over the backer, and Drake London sitting into that void. This is kind of what we thought Desmond Ritter could be with this Falcons offense and we saw it finally what a fascinating game by him and listen if they can keep doing that the Falcons can have a lot of success with the weapons that they have RC what did you see from Ritter on that final drive well as too short blows the whistle here that's exactly what we watch Desmond Ritter do Desmond Ritter danced with the girl he brought to the dance he was a guy that made sure he found Bijan Robinson to open the drive and then it was about Drake London he got the ball to Kyle Pitts he used his legs he showed a ton of poise and composure on that last drive this is someone who struggled this year passing the football especially finding his go-to targets and the people in the skill positions that make this offense go I thought the last drive was phenomenal by him. Yeah. He did everything that he was supposed to do, found every spot in the zone. As you see Drake London sitting down here, you take a knee and you let Young Way Koo take you on home with a great kick to seal the deal. Yeah, RC, it was the first time I've seen him be a yes thrower in the NFL, hmm. meaning, yes, I'm throwing the ball until someone tells me not to or some defender takes it away. I think we saw some of the concepts that they're leaning into keepers to the right, the bootlegs to the right to get some easy throws. Second of all, the three-level things, the sail concepts where you've got a deep ball, a sail or an out route, and then the third thing was the high lows. And he was like, I'm throwing the ball unless someone takes it away. So 
that is absolutely something for them and him to build on. Can he string that together again is going to be the challenge and make the right decisions at the right time. But it was the first time I saw him drop back and be like, I'm throwing that football until someone takes it away and then I'll get to a check down. Yeah, I mean, it, it was fun to see because, you know, literally in London, we're asking at halftime to Arthur Smith, are you going to make a quarterback right. change? And here he is uh, having a game like that. RC, that looks like fun. I don't know who you're dancing with. You're talking about Ritter. Ritter's dancing with the girl he brought. You two are dancing with uh, yeah. nobody. What's coming oh. up, Swag? Hey, we that Warren G is Lewis. <laughs> BMB is about to come up. Warren G got me rocking in the stadium. My man Isaac Hodgins, he is from Oregon State. He's a D lineman. Look at the big fella with the hands, catch it in the zone, and watch the walk. He hit that Warren G. He hit that Warren G too. RC BMB coming up. Me and me and Warren G. On DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code NFLLIVE when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. is presented by Wingstop. Bring the flavor. Bring in the new year. BMB. Man, I'm We the best athletes on the football field. We are blessed with the hand of God. BMB! BMB! We do this for the money. Won't stop till I get me a bag. I'ma name him Hemothy Johnson the third. <laughs> Look at the big fella run. Somebody better block him. Excuse me, please. On the brakes. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Drinks on me, club on me. We be tired, but we be balling. Man, I'm big, I'm big, I'm bad. I feel like I feel like Prime when they play that song. All right, let me get to this BMB because it was some dudes making plays this week. And first, we gonna go to Detroit. Did y'all see Aiden Hutchinson? Oh yeah. With the one hand stab on the screen pass. That is athleticism at the finest, baby, the highest level. Stop your rush. Slow down. Read your keys. Stick a hand out and pick off the football. No quarterbacks are safe anymore because we turned into flawless athletes. And we're doing things like this every time games start. It is not hard anymore for me to find BMBs because we're making plays all over the damn place. Let, next, let me take it to Pittsburgh because I got to get this tandem love. First, Alex Highsmith. You want to talk about closing out games and finishing them? And guys that uh, I saw a couple years ago that would eventually mature into this, I ain't gonna say no names, but somebody said he was gonna be really, really good after a couple games. Well, he is. His name is Alex Highsmith. Introduce him to America if you don't already know him. And what he does is, when it's the fourth quarter and we need to cause a sack fumble, I'm going to do it. That is Alex Smith. He's a BMB. Look at him on the sideline. And, and, and then he got a guy across the line of scrimmage from him. Name T.J. Watt. Now, everybody knows him, and everybody knows the type of plays that he makes. Lamar Jackson, you got to know these two on the field when you at the end of a game because this is what they do. T.J. Watt not only sacks the quarterback, it seems like, R.C., come here because you play for Pittsburgh. 
Yeah, it always seems like he's around the ball when it hits the ground to pick it up. And that ain't no accident. Way. That ain't no accident. Okay. Well, 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 I just gave you an example of what BMBs do. We affect games. Now we get interceptions and turnovers. What else do you want us to do? A win is a win is a win when the big fellas get in. You got in. Oh, by the way, the Packers are arriving there behind Marcus and RC. Look how, I mean, how large is he? Oh, he was clean. That boy got on a leather shirt and leopard pants. Man, big people ain't dressed like that when I play. Hey, hey. Goodness gracious. We have it up now. We got to find something else to do. I want to dress like that. Okay, we'll work on they that. But for now, it. we're still doing this. So let's do some Sunday standouts. Stan, you go first. Marcus's <laughs> pants getting eaten. Jamar Chase. This was a must win for the Cincinnati Bengals. 19 targets, 15 catches. All the different places that the Cincinnati Bengals and Brian Callahan, their offensive coordinator, moved him around. They got him into the end zone three times. It was the short stuff, it was the intermediate, and it certainly was the big ball from Joe Burrow. This has to be the identity of their offense till Joe is fully healthy. Listen, for me, it's Devin Achan. When you look at what he's been able to do with very little touches in Miami, all he's doing is upsetting Tyreek Hill because every time Tyreek Hill thinks he sets the miles per hour mark, Devin Achan comes along and he breaks it. I have no idea what Jimbo Fisher was doing with this kid in the backfield, but he should have won the Heisman. Every touch is electric. He ran Jason Peanock out of his form. I'm surprised he was able to get the pick and score because Devin Achan is that dude. Well, I'm adding soft injury because everybody knows I'm a Cowboy fan, but mine is Brock Purdy because he looked pretty good. I know people didn't use that before, but the anticipation, y'all guys talked about it earlier in the show, his ability to place the ball, understand what's happening before it actually happens, and then his swag, man. It looked like Brock Purdy had been playing the league 10 years. He knew what he was going to do before the game started, and he just executed. Look, I know the numbers may not be guarded, and the stats may not be guarded, but you see those four TDs and that efficiency that he's playing with? That's why he a nah, superstar, man. He good, good. Um, all right, guys. Let's go ahead and pick this game, okay? Time for our game fix. Brought to you by Truly Hard Seltzer. Uh, listen, we're all on the same team. RC, RC, why are you picking the Packers as they walk oh, right behind you right now? <laughs> because they're yeah. walking by me. RG. And Rashawn Gary don't look happy. And Marcus picked up, up too. Out? We all picked living? him. When you look at this team, the way Jordan Love is playing defensively, understanding that they need to step up and make plays tonight in order to win. To me, this is one of those games where the Green Bay Packers need to make a statement, and I believe they've come here to do that. Yeah, you want me to say something? I, I'm no, going to go Packers, man. but I'm jealous that they're out in Vegas. They get yeah, to see all the guys. And I'm jealous. I don't Dan, like you two. Dan, yeah. We're not friends, but I'm jealous. We love you guys. Dan loves to dap people up and this, act though, like he's cool. We're open. We're open like Jamar Chase, not the places I said stay open in Las Vegas. <laughs> you guys this man going to get us fired, okay? man. This man going to get us fired. All right? It was See good knowing y'all, America. See you tomorrow.